We finished our series on uh, generosity, and this morning is the first day of Advent. And it's the beginning of the Christmas season. Advent goes from today until December 24th. And we're going to begin a new series this morning. And we're going to take some time this month. And we're going to look at the Christmas story. Now, I'm not preaching on Advent. But I want to take just a minute and explain it to you and help you understand. Some of you already know what it means. The word Advent means to wait. Okay, it means to long for something. And the point of it is from now until Christmas Day that through the month of December, we recognize in our hearts a longing for Christ. All right, now Jesus already came once. He promised he would and he did. And he promises he's going to come a second time. See, we live in between the birth of Christ and the second coming of Christ. We live in between those two events. So Advent is supposed to remind you, of course, of Christmas, the first coming, but then it's also supposed to remind you of the second coming of Christ that hasn't happened yet. You know, a lot of you bought those Advent calendars for your kids, and that's what those are for, is you open those up, and each day it reminds you of Christmas, all right? Now, you know, when I was a kid, it seemed like it took forever for Christmas to happen, all right, can you, some of you are shaking your head, yeah. Oh my gosh, it took forever. I mean, we'd get our tree put up and we had a real tree and, you know, we'd get presents under the tree. And I grew up in a home with a dad who worked. I had, my mom stayed home. My dad worked. Uh, we were a single income family. Now we always got Christmas presents, but our parents were very conservative. So our Christmases weren't big in the sense of, you know, lots of lavish gifts, but it was exciting nonetheless. And we always got something for Christmas. And it seemed like it took forever. Now, as an adult, it seems like it's Halloween one day, Thanksgiving the next, and Christmas the next. Now, I don't know about you, doesn't it? Yeah, Jessica's doing yes. Yeah, it flies by. It just seems like it goes by so fast. I think that's the difference in being a kid and in being an adult. But what's supposed to happen this month is you and I are supposed to have a longing, a drawing in our heart toward the things of God through the Christmas season. Now, I'm going to read you a prophecy, a promise that was given by the prophet Isaiah in the book of the Old Testament, and it's a very familiar prophecy. It's a very familiar promise. Every single one of you are going to know it. If you've ever attended a Christmas service, if you've ever read any verses about Christmas, you're going to be familiar with this verse. But before I read it to you, I want to tell you a story. It's 700 years before the birth of Christ. Israel is in trouble as a nation. Solomon, who was one of the greatest kings of Israel, has died. Now, he died of natural causes. He didn't die in battle or because he was sick. He just, he died. Well, Solomon's sons, he had different sons, took over and became king, and they had different kings. They did not do a good job of being king. And there was strife, and there were problems. And so what happened is Israel split in two and became two nations. It was never God's plan. It was never God's purpose. But because of bad leadership, they divided in two. And there was Israel and there was Judah. Israel was a larger landmass than Judah was. But there were two nations and there were actually two kings. And of course, they didn't like each other. And they fought against each other. It was a lot like our civil war, if you will, okay? It was Jewish people on both sides fighting against each other. 
This is going on 700 years before Jesus is born. Well, the nation of Israel decides that they're going to attack Judah to gain control of Jerusalem. They were fighting over Jerusalem. Now, what I think is so interesting about that is we're still fighting over Jerusalem today. Now, we're not fighting as a nation, America, to control Jerusalem, but there are battles going on right now today to, to take over Jerusalem, and there's conflict over who's in charge of it, and it's still going on. Now, listen, that's 2,700 years later. Are you, are you following me? Okay, the, I'm talking about something that happened 700 years before the birth of Christ. Now, we're 2,000 years past the birth of Christ. So 2,700 years later, we're still fighting over who's in charge of Jerusalem. Well, the king of Judah is afraid. He's afraid because Israel's amassing an army and they're going to attack. And the Bible says their hearts were fearful as if a tree being moved by the wind. Now, we all know about wind, don't we? We live in West Texas, and we've all seen trees move by wind. And the Bible says that that's how their hearts were. Their hearts weren't stable. Their hearts were moved with fear. They were afraid. So here's what happens. God sends a man named Isaiah, and he's a prophet. And Isaiah comes to the king of Judah, and he says, listen, the Lord wants me to tell you it's going to be okay. The Lord wants me to tell you, you're going to be fine. The Lord wants me to tell you, he's going to fight for you, and he's going to protect you. Now, let's just stop right here. This so reminds me of my own life, and I bet many of your lives with everything we've been going through. It is so easy for my heart to be troubled. It is so easy for my heart to be blown like a tree in the wind. And the Lord came to them, and I believe the Lord's coming to you and I, and he's saying the very same thing. You don't have to be troubled. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to look after you. Now, I don't know about you, but I hang on to that every single day. God, you said you would take care of me, and, and I believe it. But here's what happens. The king doesn't believe it. He doesn't believe it. And he tells Isaiah, I don't know if I believe it. And Isaiah says, well, ask the Lord and he'll give you a sign. And the king says, no, I don't need to ask the Lord. I don't need a sign because I don't think he's going to do it. And here's what the king does. He begins to build alliances with other nations. Now, let me explain this to you. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, God shows up and says, hey, king, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of your country. I'm going to take care of your people. And you don't have to worry about being defeated because it's not going to happen. But he doesn't trust God and he doesn't believe him. Uh, I've done that before in my life. You read a promise in the word of God and God says, hey, I'm going to take care of you. But you're kind of not sure whether he's going to or not because we've all felt that way before. So the king decides that he's going to take care of it himself. And he begins to build alliances with other nations, particularly a nation called the Assyrians. So he goes to the Assyrian king and he says, if you'll help me to make sure I don't get whipped by my cousins, I'll be your servant and I'll do whatever you need me to do. So instead of trusting God, he trusts the arm of his flesh. You know what I mean by that? He trusts his own strength. He trusts his own wisdom. He trusts his own ability. Have you ever done that before? Man, I have. Hey, God, you know. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna, I don't know if I trust you, so I'm going to take care of this. 
you know, we've been through this journey with Ashley and Arthur where they're trying to have a child for eight years. And thank God that prayer's been answered and she has a new baby. And this Wednesday, she'll be three weeks old and we're so excited. But all along during that journey, we had days, we had weeks, we had opportunities. Hey, God, we, we don't know if we can trust you. So we're just going to try to make this on our own. We're, we're going to try to see what we can do. Are you with me? Probably everybody in this room has done that. So the king says, I'm going to go to the Assyrians and they're going to help me. Well, they agree, the Assyrians. So they helped make sure that Israel was defeated. And it went great for a while. And Judah was not defeated. But then here's what the Assyrians did. One morning they're having breakfast. Now, I don't know what Assyrians eat. But maybe they were having bacon and eggs. And sausage and hash browns and biscuits and gravy. And I'm getting hungry. Come on. Amen. They were having breakfast, and they said, hey, if we can whip Israel, why don't we just go over and whip Judah, and we'll take them over too, and that's exactly what they did. They went right over, and they defeated Judah, and they took control not only of Israel, but of Judah, and both nations were put into exile and slavery because they wouldn't trust God. Now, think about your own life. Think about you trusting God in the midst of a dark time. I mean, in the midst of a virus, in the midst of work, in the midst of everything we got going on that's been going on since last March, last February. Hey, God, I'm going to put my confidence and my trust in you, and I'm not going to try to make it happen myself. Now, you may be thinking this morning, hey, pastor, that's a great story. You're a great storyteller. I, I, I like that. I enjoyed that. But what in the world does it have to do with Christmas? Well, I'm going to read you a verse that Isaiah spoke in this conversation. He tells the king, please trust God. The king says, I can't do it. And then he prophesies about the birth of Christ that's going to happen in 700 years. Let me read it to you, and you'll immediately know this verse. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, if you're like me, and I know you are, I've heard that verse my whole life. I mean, I, I know that verse. It's a, it's a Christmas verse, right? Everybody knows that's a Christmas verse. Everybody knows that verse is talking about Mary. That verse is talking about Jesus. That verse is talking about him being born. But I never knew the story around that verse until I began to study it, the story I just told you. Now, here's what I think is interesting. Why in the world did God speak that to Isaiah in the midst of what was going on? Now, here's the amazing thing. It doesn't happen for 700 years. Everybody that heard that with their ears never saw it. Their children probably never saw it. Their grandchildren never saw it. Their great-grandchildren never saw it probably. Now, I want you to see a couple of things that helps me. Israel's in trouble, and God says through Isaiah, I'm going to send my son, and he is going to take care of the nation of Israel. 
My plans are bigger than you right now, bigger than the battle right now. And as you look up and look at the horizon, I want you to recognize I'm going to take care of you. Jeremiah 29, 11 is a perfect example. That's my favorite verse in the Bible. And I have many favorite verses. I get up here lots of times and guiltily, every time I read a verse, I'll say, oh, this is my favorite verse. And you think, pastor, how can all those verses be your favorite verse? But Jeremiah 29, 11, I found as a young believer, as a young Christian back in the 70s, I came across this verse and it says that the Lord, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's one of my favorite verses. And God spoke that to Israel while they were in slavery. God spoke the promise of Jesus to Israel while they were in slavery. Now, we're going to jump ahead to the book of Matthew. In Matthew, they quote this same verse. And, just, and you know that verse. I know, I know we're not supposed to label verses probably, but, you know, this is a Christmas verse. And it's in Isaiah. Now we're going to fast forward 700 years and I'm going to read it to you and you're going to see it again. Listen to this story. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed or engaged to Joseph, before they came together, before they got married, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And we all know that story. They're engaged, they're planning their wedding and she turns up pregnant. And she says, it's God's baby. We won't chase that rabbit. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I, I can't imagine. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not, waiting, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she'll bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, here it is. Here's Isaiah right here, Isaiah 7. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, talking about Mary, and bear a son, and they'll call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, God gives a promise 700 years before it happens. Fast forward, Mary's pregnant with Jesus. We know the story. And God reminds them of the promise he gave to Isaiah. And he speaks through Matthew, the very same promise. And he says, hey, that promise I gave 700 years ago, I've not forgotten it. I am going to send my son, and in Matthew, he does send his son. Now, here in just a few minutes, we're going to leave and go about our day. And I'm so grateful that you're here this morning. And I'd like to just, I, you know, I don't want you to leave this morning and think, what, what did he say? What did he talk about? Because I want you to know this simple truth. Whatever problems we're facing as a nation, as a state, your family, our community, 
I mean, you think about it, right? I mean, we can, we, let's just take our problems, okay? We've got problems in our families. We've maybe got problems in our community, in our city. Uh, those problems then go into our state. Then those problems go into our nation. And then if you throw COVID in the mix, it's throughout the world. We, we got issues. There's things going on. But in the midst of whatever it is you're dealing with, in the midst of whatever's going on, it, l- listen, some of you have been through some dark things, and I know it. Here's what I need you to know. God's promises are true. God told the king of Israel, I'll take care of you, and he didn't believe him. And he tried to do it on his own. And I want you to know God is telling you this morning, I'm going to take care of you. No matter your age, no matter the circumstances of your life, no, whatever it is, whatever's going on, God wants you to know he's taking care of you. And here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want to do. I want to step into that with faith and hope and not, well, I don't know. I don't know if I can trust God. I don't know. You know, my dad dies in an accident at his job when I'm 18 years old, and I can, I'll never forget being at the funeral. And the pastor, and he was a good man, and I'm not saying anything against him, but he got up and he said, God needed another angel in heaven. He needed another uh, voice in the choir. Well, I'm a kid, and I'm sitting there pretty close to the front thinking, I need a dad. I need a dad. And and he didn't mean anything by those statements. And I know now that he didn't mean anything by those statements. But here's what it did. It made me a little bit leery of God. And it made me maybe not trust him like I should. And And I battled with that for a long time. A long time. I don't know if I can trust God. If he'll take my dad, what else might he do? Now, listen, I've been through it, I know, and I know many of you have too, and I want to encourage you. God has not forgotten his promises. He said he would send his son. He did. He said he's coming back. He will. He will. He will. He will. Amen? You can trust God. You can bank on God. I talked to a young man just a few minutes ago, and I said, thank you for being in church. You won't be sorry. Thank you for saying yes to Jesus. You won't be sorry. Thank you. You'll never be sorry for saying yes to God. And I'm saying the very same thing to myself and to you. Listen, Christmas is about hope. It's about faith. It's about trusting God. It's about believing that God loved us enough to send his own son in the flesh to live among us, to die on a cross on Calvary, to spend three days in the tomb, to be supernaturally raised from death and from hell, to save us, to deliver us. You can trust God. The next few weeks, we're going to spend some time looking at more of this story, looking at more of the story of the miracle of the birth of Christ. I want you to leave this place strengthened and encouraged today. And as you move into the Christmas season, that you recognize, hey, God's promises are true. Amen? Hey, would you close your eyes and let me pray for you? Father God, Lord, I want to thank you for this story. And Lord, I want it to stir our hearts to belief. That Lord, we trust you.
Lord, I want my trust and my confidence in you. Lord, I want to live a life free of fear, free of apprehension, free of worry, free of all that stuff. And I want to walk with you. Father, thank you that we can trust you. We will trust you. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for keeping your word. You made a promise, and 700 years later, you fulfilled it. I thank you that the promises in your word are yes and amen in Jesus. Father, as we walk out of this place today, that we're strengthened and we're encouraged, and that your hand is on our lives. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Would you all stand up, please? I love you. Let me be the first to say Merry Christmas. We have a few different ways you can give. You can give online at tcf.church, a one-time gift or recurring giving. You can also text to give by texting the amount you would like to give to 208-4404. If you would like to mail in a check, our mailing address is in the description below. If it is your first time here, we'd like to get to know you a little better. If you would, click the link in the description and fill out a connect card. Even if you've been here a while and have never connected with us, we'd love to get to know you. If you have anything you would like us to be praying with you about, type in your prayer request in the comments below or follow the link in the description and we'll be praying with you this week. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout your week by following us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and visiting our website, tcf.church, where you can give online, watch or listen to past messages and see upcoming events. You can also stay connected with text updates, text TCF info to 24587 and receive updates, reminders, and more.